0: Welcome to Engineers and Enthusiasts, the beginning of computers in the arts. I'm your host, Christopher J. Garcia. Load Program. Today we're jumping a little out of order because we've got a very special interview with David M. David M. is probably best known for his work at JPL as their artist-in-residence from 1976 to 1988. But before that, he was at Xerox PARC and worked with one of the most important early graphic systems, SuperPaint. Here he talks about his first encounter with the system.
1: The electronics changed everything for me personally, creatively, and also in a way socially, because to do this you needed people. You needed people to operate the cameras. We were messing around with audio synthesis. There were a lot of hands and thoughts and ideas, and so we worked more as jam sessions. And so I got people involved, and, and that too had this musical component to it. And uh, and we, we formed a group, and we had audiences. We played shows uh, during 1974. Uh, and there are many amusing stories to be told about that. But by the end of 1974, um, two things had become clear to me. One was that if you wanted to operate like the music industry operates. It was more than making the music or making the pictures. There were layers of management. There were layers of organization. There were layers of business that, as artists, we were absolutely unprepared to deal with on that level. Always the case. <laughs> Yeah, and, and so uh, there was a certain stillborn quality to that because we just weren't going to be able to make that jump. Maybe somebody else could have, or maybe if we had come across a great manager or something like that. But we were all chiefs. There weren't any Indians. Uh, The natural conflicts came in from that. It was a very expensive medium to operate. And even though we were doing shows, it was all hand-to-mouth. And the other thing was that on the creative level, it was all analog. And I felt that I mastered it to the extent that I could, that now what I was really doing was operating a special effects machine. There were variations on the theme, but the theme was established. I was never going to get past, at least I personally, with what I could do with this instrument, as wonderful as it was and as far as it had taken me. And this was a a kind of depressing realization as well, because I had a pretty big dedication of time and lifestyle, career, at this point, and, you know, is this it? This is the end of the road, right? But it occurred to me, just as when I, that first day with the pack, if I could control every dot on the screen, then we would have a different instrument. And so that became an interest in my head, that is there a way to control every dot on the screen? And even though it was the Bay Area, and, you know, electronic hotbed and all that, Everybody I talked to said, no, it's not impossible, it can't be done, it's never going to happen, just don't go there. Uh, then an interesting thing happened. The, uh, we had hooked up, my group and I, uh, with a, uh, a dealer who had a uh, gallery on uh, Market Street that was uh, very interested in electronic art. Oddly enough, the, uh, the, 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 the owner of it uh, had made his money in electronic headhunting. So he was open to the idea of electronics. Um, and we did a big show there. That was my last big show, really. And, uh, but I kept up my relationship with him. And one day he came to the studio and he said to me, And I thought I had this like really slick studio. I mean, you know, cables and wires and, you know, hey, you know, it's like walking into a recording studio. Yeah, yeah, it was all, it it was nice. I'd got it pretty tripped up by that point. And uh, he said, this is all very interesting. He said, but I am here to tell you that the future is digital. And, you know, I didn't know what the word digital meant. I think it was the first time I ever heard the word digital in that context and I said what do you mean and he said well uh, I just placed somebody at Xerox Park last week and they gave me a little tour and as I say the future is digital And I'm, meanwhile, thinking about wanting to control all the dots on the screen. Maybe maybe this is it. Maybe this is what we're talking about. And I said, fantastic, you know, put me in touch. Let's go. And he said, oh, no, no, no. That would be highly, highly inappropriate. You know, these people are researchers. They, they wouldn't have time to talk to an artist. That, that's not going to happen. And I said, just give me a number. You know, I'll handle it. will leave it to me. And he wouldn't do it. And I was shocked. I mean, I was shocked. I was like, what? You want to manage my career? This is the next step on the board, and you're not going to give me the key to it? Is that what I'm hearing? And I remember I, I like threw him out of the studio. I was like furious. I broke my relationship with him. And uh, I've told this story a couple of times. I'll, I'll just compact it here. Uh, I left the studio in a. A furor. It was one of those foggy Friday evenings, it was the end of the day, and I went out into the fog, and I went and passed by the studio of a friend of mine who was one of the, uh, the Portapak artist people, and uh, just to have someone to talk to, I knocked on her door, she saw I was upset, she said, what are you upset about, I told her what I was upset about, she knew the players, she knew who the people were. And she said, oh, that's terrible, boo-hoo-hoo. And then another friend of ours stopped in, a gal named Bonnie, and she said the same thing. What's going on? Are you concerned and I tell her the story, and she says, boy, that's weird. Um, I just got a call this weekend from this guy I went to high school with in someplace like Indiana. And he's just started work at Xerox Park. And it sounds like he's doing what you're talking about. Would you like his number? <laughs> And I said, yeah, lay it on me. <laughs> she gave me the number. I called him up. Turned out he wasn't doing exactly that, but he knew who was. He said, the guy you want to talk to is Alvy Ray Smith. He's over, like, in the next cubicle or whatever. Um, he gave me Alvy's number. This was at the very end of December in 1974. And I called Alvy up. and I'm an artist. I'm interested. And uh, Alvy said... Oh, that's great. We're building a digital paint system down here. It'd be great to have an artist come down and give us some feedback. (laughs) So uh, his uh, girlfriend was coming out to visit for the holidays, so we made a date for right after the new year. It was January 6th. I remember that. And I went down there, and boom. That was it control every dot on the TV screen, and they'd already advanced it to a paint system, which was amazing. I met Dick Schaup, who built the frame buffer, You know, Dick, great guy. Um, David Francisco was there, who was working with, with Alvi, with the kind of animation bent. And um, we stayed up till 3.30 in the morning. Uh, I got there at the end of the day. So, 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 so that kind of paradigm set itself, right? the the lab of where you know the computers wake up at midnight kind of idea. The wizards who stay up late. Yeah, uh, that that was clear, that, and I was very comfortable with that because that was my lifestyle already. So, uh, I I couldn't believe it. I mean, I can go into details of what happened that evening, but but at the end of the night, I was excited. This was it. This was it. Um, I remember in particular, they had some brushes that were that were rather uh, rudimentary that they would made, like some dots, it was a star, a circle, you know, geometric shape, square. Uh, and I remember Albie saying, uh, is there anything you'd like to see? And I said, could we make an airbrush? And uh, he thought about it, and uh, I don't know if he remembers this, it'd be interesting. Um, but he uh, made a bunch of dots on the screen and shrunk them down, and then that collection shrunk down further made bunches of them, shrunk them. And after a while, it, it was something that actually looked a lot like an airbrush. And we had taken this uh, screen that we, that was there um, and so that we could all see it. It was a small room. I have a picture of it somewhere. Uh, he put it on top of one of the machines so that everyone could see it. And uh, he made a uh, white, brush that was like the size of the screen practically, it just kind of went zoop like that. And with a black background there was this white glowing beautiful brush stroke hanging in space and I just went, that's it, that's it, that's it. Let- I. It was what I had been looking for, you know, it was the control of every dot, which instantly led to the ability of what you might do if you could control every dot, and here was the visualization of it in real time, and I'd participated a little bit in moving a little step forward. And so I remember getting back to San Francisco as the dawn was breaking and just going, my life has changed. I know where I'm, now I know where I'm going. This, This is it. And so that was the first night at Xerox.
0: Thank you for listening to Engineers and Enthusiasts, the first decades of computers in the arts. I'm your host, Christopher J. Garcia. We have a Patreon. It's 3 Modernist. That's the number 3, capital M-I-N, capital M-O-D-E-R-N-I-S-T. Support us there. There's lots of exclusives. Thank you for listening to Engineers and Enthusiasts. Our next episode is going to be on the Center for Computer Research in Music and Acoustics, or Karma.